this should just turn into a fantasy football podcast about about one particular league. A podcast that surveyed the vast online media ecosystem and found that what really sells, what really builds an audience and drives engagement, is slavish devotion to the cause, whatever the cause might be. A podcast that knows that epistemic humility is for suckers, because what people want to hear is everything they already know to be true, namely that they are good and the people they don't like are bad. I know and you know and I know, they shout. Look at these dummies, they shout. A podcast that knows that what people want is absolute certainty in the face of a confused and confusing world. And a podcast that heard that grasping, insatiable appetite roar out from the cavernous depths of the great internet content maw. And answered it with a muttering, exasperated shrug. I don't fucking know. Neither do you. Fuck you. And listen, this podcast says. My name is Bob, sitting across the way from my good friend and co-host. That's Abe. How you doing tonight, Abe? Doing well, Bob. Yeah, here we are. Lori's here, too. How you doing, Lori? Good. Happy Labor Day. Oh, that's right. Labor Day. Today is Monday, September the 6th, 2021. It's Rosh Hashanah. Oh, Happy, yeah, that too. Happy New Year to all the Jews. Uh, except for Ben Shapiro. Fuck that guy. <laughs> is that what Rosh Hashanah is? I was going to ask. And also Joe Lieberman and also Ben Stein. No, those are fine Jews compared to compared to Ben Shapiro. <laughs> those are fine Jews. A religion also should have a few relegation of my relatives. rules. Where you get, if you're in the bottom, you get kicked up. Relegate the Jews? Relegate the bottom. They tried, <laughs> they tried that a few years ago, a while back. Speaking of which, on... Uh, Drudge, there was like some link to like the population, total population for Jews, and I was like, "Is that important?" Like, well, I, I don't know what they were getting at with that. The, like, are we? Are, not we, tra- very are we tracking many. that? Yeah, it's like, why are you keeping <laughs> no, track of it? Answer, first of all, no, no. What they do is they point out how few Jews there are and how many of them are in positions of power, oh, th- which that is awfully curious, actually. Okay, maybe that that was the angle because this is a very random. That's always the angle. It's like a hundred links. We always allow. We always allow my Jewish wife to present the anti-Semitic tropes uh, just vaguely under the, under the radar. Lori's never shy about that. Anyway, as I said, today is Monday, September 6, 2021. Bulldogs with the big Go win dogs. over the weekend. Oh, never in doubt. What a game. It's always fun to watch it, it with someone who's a Clemson fan. many points in doubt. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the hell is going on, but there was literally nothing happening, and it was great. There are there are that's a ten three victory by the Georgia Bulldogs over the Clemson Tigers. There are very boring like defensive struggle games where you can tell that it's just a couple of sort of putrid offenses that are unable to get anything going. That's not how I felt watching right. this game. This was the this Georgia defense is fucking something else the defense was amazing uh there were a few players on offense that were off so at least georgia can in theory say well we're not our full self i don't know what's going on with clemson though they didn't do much of anything 
Their defense was solid. Our offense looked like shit. Uh, I mean, not that this is a uh, uh, break down the tape. We're not we're not sitting down, sitting around chewing on tape and giving out takes as far as that stuff goes. But the Georgia offense under Kirby and uh, what's his name, Monken, the offensive coordinator, seems to sort of play into what they think the game is going to be. Like the the offense, I mean, yeah, in part, we didn't have any wide receivers, so they weren't going to be able to stretch the field vertically in that way, right. I guess, was the thinking. So they didn't even try. Like, I can, was there more than one or That's two throws point. the entire game that he threw more than 10 yards down the field? Yeah, I don't think so. But, I mean, who knows what the offense will look like in a month, which is good because we don't play anybody, really, for another month. So Yeah, really, what's the next, like Florida or? Yeah. Right? I mean, like, it's, it's a dreadful schedule. I think we have... Vandy, South Carolina, and UAB—not in that order, yeah, yeah, but like but, in the next right. in the next month. I mean, those should all be easy wins. That was fun. Georgia game was fun. Uh, let's open up the uh, WGAS news bag. It's time for who gives a shit news. Let's start in Texas with the abortion law that became law last. Was it Wednesday? I think it was sometime uh, last week. Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday night at midnight became. The law, it out, effectively outlaws all abortions after six weeks. And there was a lot of concern that the Supreme Court had not, before midnight that day, uh, come in and offered a stay, or an injunction rather, uh, that would have prevented the law from going, coming into effect. They did not do that. They waited a full day later before explaining why they chose not to do that and and the explanation was uh, the the explanation from the majority the five conservatives Thomas Alito Gorsuch Kavanaugh and Barrett basically just says uh, this is a confusing procedural problem and we'll have to sort it out when it comes to us in the natural course of events and we're not going to get involved at this point yet uh with uh, four different dissents offered from the other four justices with varying levels of outrage and disdain for the majority opinion the most outraged of the bunch probably being Sotomayor who declined to respectfully dissent as she usually does and simply dissented Sotomayor said the court's order is stunning presented with an application to enjoin a flagrantly unconstitutional law engineered to prohibit prohibit women from exercising their constitutional rights and evade judicial scrutiny a majority of justices have opted to bury their heads in the sand which is uh, about as disrespectful as you get in terms of uh, two justices sniping back and right. forth at one another within court opinions. She's obviously not pleased. As usual, much as I, I find Roberts occasionally frustrating, you can almost you you know usually what Roberts is going to do if you've followed anything that Roberts has ever said through the years. Uh, Roberts said in his dissent, which was a little bit more energetic than I was expecting. He said, the statutory scheme before the court is not only unusual, but unprecedented. The legislature has imposed a prohibition on abortions after roughly six weeks, and then essentially delegated enforcement of that prohibition to the populace at large. The desired consequence appears to be to insulate the state from responsibility for implementing and enforcing the regulatory regime. Which uh, is true and very strange that the conservatives if they were looking at this in a honest and a good faith way could possibly have have seen otherwise here i wrote about this on the website go to brainiron.com or castironbrains.com you'll be redirected to brainiron.com if you want to read about it and i allowed myself to exercise the 
the outrage and hyperbole vein a good bit. Uh, but I think that most of what I said there is in keeping with current reality. Right. And not that we should be surprised necessarily that this is the decision that the court has made uh, in terms of not putting an injunction in place to keep this Texas law from becoming law. But there is some surprise in the fact that the conservatives were so willing to essentially cede the constitutional order for the next six months or nine months or two years or however long it takes until we actually get a case before the Supreme Court that can settle these matters. What was your what was your reading on, on what the court did last well, week? Well, the, the one thing that comes to mind is just like how surprising it was, at least for me, over the, you know, we've always talked about Supreme Court cases, and usually I can kind of figure out which way it's going to go. Not always, you know, the numbers or whatever, uh, or the arguments made, but usually the Supreme Court, they try to find some justification to do what they already want to do. Uh, and in this case, I was surprised both in the fact that there wasn't any, uh, there wasn't an injunction, and then the justifications that they used uh, with the, what was it? Five four, right? Yeah, it was like the three liberals. And, yeah, five and, four. Yeah, with the five four rulings, basically just saying there needs to be some case that will come before us, and they don't seem to be, they don't appreciate the harm that letting it play out will cause to some people. Maybe they think, well, it's not a criminal thing, so at worst they'll be out some money. Whomever uh, gets sued, right? But. There will be, uh, let there be no doubt, there will be some moneyed interests who, who will be uh, funding challenges, right? So some rich, deep-pocket, pro-life types will be funding uh, these the suits through other people who live in Texas. And by the way, the other thing is, I'm not sure if I'm right on this, but the, the, the people who can sue, it's not limited to other Texans, right? It could just be any schmuck from anywhere in the country. Or is it basically? It's just as long as you're not an agent of the state in Texas, right? And you are not one of the people who are allowed to do enforcement of this law, whereas everyone else. But is. anyone, anyone from Alaska, say, or wherever, they they're in the same standing as someone in Texas to sue somebody in Texas trying to get an abortion, right? So, to me, it seems like this is like an ideal case to say let's have an injunction because there's too many moving parts. And you can't appreciate the damage that will, it will cause until you make a ruling on it. So, like you say, it, it's going to take some time for it to go to work through it, the court system to get up to the Supreme Court. It's not like it's just going to be. I mean, I guess it could fast track it, but it's going to take some time, and harm will be done. And even when they have this additional information or an actual case to rule on, there isn't any expectation that the five who went against an injunction are going to change their mind, right? They're going to validate whatever nonsense comes their way, and it'll still be 5-4, right? I mean, do you, do you see a scenario where, like, well, oh, wow, now that we have a real-life case, like real-world, uh, you know, uh, so situation. So what's funny about this Texas law is that I think that it is so completely out of the normal order of things that they have shot themselves in the foot as lawmakers, like they, they win this temporary battle with the court where the court can find a way to allow this to stand if, if in, a, in the meantime. But ultimately, this is not a winning – it's not a winning argument. This, we, we're not going to have a situation where states are permitted to deny people constitutional rights so long as they farm enforcement out to right. non-state actors, right? right? Like the, the, 
it basically eliminates any notion of the Bill of Rights, of any any notion of individually protected constitutional rights as we understand them to exist in this country, as, as we understand them to be recognized by the Constitution. That's no longer the case if any state can simply make any law that says we do not deny the underlying constitutional right here, but because the state is not the one doing the enforcement, then it doesn't count, right. essentially. Right. Well, then you don't actually have that constitutionally protected individual right any longer. Right. Like it, it's just – it was a law that is designed as an end run around that explicitly. It, and it's just so obvious to me, and it should I think it's obvious to everyone, that if the individual right in question were anything besides abortion right. – then this this hesitance, they, they're not sure that they want to get involved in sorting out the statutory scheme now uh, because of complex and novel procedural questions. They would easily overcome that hesitance, right? right. If, this, if this was a question of uh, free speech or of gun ownership right. or of anything else, freedom of religion especially with this court, uh, if this was a, a question along those lines, there's no doubt whatsoever that – they would have found a way uh, to issue an injunction and, and sort out the underlying issues here. What's, what's odd about this law, and other states have passed similarly, at least in my estimation, bad laws, and it almost seems like they were anticipating the Supreme Court to step in so that they can make a ruling, whatever that ruling may be, even if they didn't win at that particular time, they'll have more information to then pass another law that's narr- that narrowly fits whatever uh, explanation the Supreme Court gave, like saying, oh, this would have been okay, but you went too far here, here, and here. So I thought that this was what was going to happen with this law. It was so cartoonish, cartoonishly written that they would say, no, 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 no. You're making an obvious end run on existing rules, and, you know, we, we first have, you know, we have to weigh in and, 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 uh, say what is okay and what is not okay, but they didn't do that, but they're kind of setting themselves up to having to do that down the road. They just needed a case. Uh, And so I'm not sure at this point what's going to happen next because all of the other cases, there was some logic to it. This one is just random and the, you know, how you can apply to so many different things, like you mentioned, uh, what's to stop other states from doing the same, right? Right. And it doesn't just make Abortion illegal as soon as a heartbeat can be detected. It's also now illegal to aid or abet any procedure that happens after six weeks. Right. So, and it's not like it's not crazy, hyperbolic, like out of left field nonsense to suggest that that could be anybody who helps the helps a woman get to the Planned Parenthood right. who donates five dollars to her attempt to get an abortion. Uh, because she doesn't have health insurance or what have you. Like anybody who who donates to that GoFundMe, anybody who I mean, arguably serves her a coffee in the morning on the way to going to get right. Right? like there's just no end to what could constitute aiding or abetting. Would Uber be uh, on someone. the hook? Like if they get you know they facilitated a ride and it turned out that that ride was too like I mean it it does seem to have a lot of. What about this situation? What about and how do people get this information? Are we going to have a lot of just People snooping around, like to gather this information. Like now, I'm an interested right. and party. Th- and then there's language in the law. There's language in the law that says even if you just intend to engage in conduct that could that could facilitate an abortion after six weeks. So just thinking about it. I mean, it, it's like it. Not that you want to go to the 1984 stuff, but you go right to the right. 1984 stuff when they write into the law that thinking about 
helping someone get an abortion could cost you $10,000. Like it's, it's that level of bad in terms of what this law is. And it demands a cynical response, right? Like the, the, because the only way to understand what the Supreme Court is doing here is to believe that they must be acting in bad faith, right? That, that, and that, that bad faith is they don't believe that there is such a thing as a constitutional right to an abortion, right. which means that they don't have any respect for precedent. And it's fine. If that's your ideology, that's what you think, that would be fine. But then that's, that's how you should rule in a case that actually determines those facts, right? Yeah. You don't get to just ignore them right. and skate on by them and pretend like you don't have anything to say about them. What, what, and that's, what, that's what's particularly bothersome about How are it. they – okay, so the Supreme Court has not said Roe, we, Roe versus Wade is now invalid. They haven't even made any sort of determination on that front. So as it stands, that's still the law. And so if someone is doing something within the law – then how is it that they're facing financial exposure for doing that legal thing? Right, and so that's where that's why the, what they did here is they just hid behind this. Well, we don't have anybody who has standing right now, so we can't really make a ruling on this, right? right. Because they can't justify because it is it does effectively overturn Roe in Texas in terms of. Is there fair access to the constitutional right to get an abortion in Texas right now? And the answer is no. Right. But now we need to have somebody who actually challenges that uh, in order for it to come before the which, court. Which apparently. is the intent, right? I mean, basically, it's got like a chilling effect. I'm sure there are uh, abortion providers in the state of Texas that are hesitant to perform anything because then they're going to be tied up in the courts, right? Which is what the intention of this law is to 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 make sure people are just like i don't want to be t you know i don't want to uh, face any sort of uh lawsuit and so i'm just not going to do it i'm not saying that that's what all of the abortion providers are going to do but that's the hope and for the supreme court to just pretend well well let's see how it plays out to me it seems to be i mean how many years ago was it when uh the kind of cases that were coming up from the states were they would uh, in bad faith, I should add, uh, have rules saying that you know uh, a place that's performing abortions must also have admitting privileges. Was it or their uh, hallways have to be you know wide enough to carry gurneys or whatever? Basically, they were just doing that because they knew if they implemented those rules, it would reduce the number of facilities down to like one or something or or right. you know. So, but I think the Supreme Court recognized that that was they were trying to get around the law. And they shut that down. But we've gone this far off now to where this even more obvious uh, law is going to stand. Like, I, I'm not sure. Right. Well, and a further cynical read on this could just be that they wanted to generate as much furor. I mean, I mean, it depends on where you want to place the intent here. But Texas comes in and says, we're going to generate a whole bunch of furor about a six-week law because we know that coming up at the end of the year, the Supreme Court is going to hear – a case out of Mississippi about a 15-week law. Right. And that if, if we can generate this sort of outrage about a, a law that bans abortions in Texas after six weeks, then when they rule that the 15-week law in Mississippi can stand, then that won't be met with the same level of hyperbolic outrage that it otherwise would have, right? That this taking, the, taking it from 24 or 22 weeks or whatever it is down to 15, which... Yes, would be a restriction, but well, at least it's not going all the way down to six. Right. So maybe maybe people won't freak out as much about it, and and that's the other thing is if we're going to base this on 
a viability standard, then yeah, you, one can imagine that as technology advances, that and and that the fetus can live outside the womb at an earlier and earlier time, that maybe we will have a slow progression backwards away from the twenty four week uh, standard to further limit the the right to an abortion, but to effectively end it because six weeks i read you see competing stats about this but i saw something it's something like 90 percent of all abortions are performed after six weeks right and then i saw another stat that said that 80 percent of all abortions are performed before 10 weeks so when we're talking about that that one month period from six weeks to 10 weeks when the overwhelming majority of abortions take place but that's around the time where most women know they're pregnant is that is that have, right when you find yeah, out most that you're pregnant don't know till later. right so especially if you're not trying to have a baby right right and I mean it, it's obviously it's frustrating and it's I'm particularly frustrated by the abortion I mean and always have been because it's just it's two sides arguing completely past each other and and the loudest and most vociferous on either side are awful right and they're and i say that and not not to both sides it but when you hear people like a few years ago there was that movement to shout your abortion like that that was ghoulish what do you mean shout that's your, gross well, uh, maybe i missed that what was that they wanted people to express how happy and proud they were that they had gotten an abortion oh. in an attempt to destigmatize it and I get it from an attempt at a marketing perspective, but it's complete. It, it it just comes off as ghoulish and weird and gross to hear people talking about how happy they are to have ended their pregnancy. And also, like, that's not most women's relationship with having terminated a pregnancy, right? It is it it is this big moral and deeply personal and ethical thing in a difficult decision that people have to make, and they don't always want to talk about it. They're not always happy that that was the decision that they felt that they had to make. And so that that end of it is is terrible. But also the other end of it is also awful, that you're, oh, you're simply protecting human life because you're on a mission from God to make sure that all of the innocent babies are born but into this fallen world. But, but that mission is very narrowly focused to the period of pregnancy, right? Like it doesn't seem to have broader applications to where people care about yeah, no, the child after no. fuck fuck women and fuck parents fuck them right. all yeah but pregnant people the baby yeah. the fetus right that's what you worry right. about and because if you get them early then you're all right okay so this may come across as a hot take but wouldn't i mean the way that the law is written is basically the a pregnant woman basically is in effect like a second-class citizen. They're just kind of like this vessel for other life. It's not important what they think about something. They have to see to it that the baby is born, right? Well, the whole thing ignore the whole thing ignores the fact that it is guaranteed that there will be abortions. It doesn't like you can make right. them illegal, right. and there will still be abortions. Right. People will and and like in the old days, it was it was coat hangers and Lysol, right? Like it was it was awful, and w- women were. In the 50s, filling like getting a doctor type person to fill their womb with fucking Lysol, and they were dying from poisoning themselves, right. basically. And it's coat hangers, and it's other awful things you can't even imagine. Because you find yourself in a circumstance where you just simply cannot have another baby. Whatever, whatever it is, it happens, right? right? And, and there will be abortions, whether they're legal or illegal, it doesn't matter. And and these days it won't like I was saying it won't be Lysol and coat hangers. It will be 
illegally buying drugs from Canada or right. something like that and having them shipped to your door. And that will be easier uh, for people of means than it will be for people but, of of less but, means. But obviously. people of means are not going to be impacted by this, right? I mean, they, they could just go anywhere and get. Right, people of reasonable yeah, means will just else. leave Texas, right. presumably. And I'm, it's not been made clear to me if you aid and abet someone in leaving the state of Texas to get an abortion, is that also part of this law? Or is it only if they get end up getting an abortion in Texas? Because right. then how, that, how would they have any sort of role if something happens in Oklahoma? Who knows? How does anybody have, right. the, have fucking standing right. in the first place? Tr- yeah, it's the absurd whole... that they've made, they've made every single citizen of Texas somehow is – it's like – it's this weird – as I said in the blog post, it's like they've created a whole victim class of snowflakes walking around Texas where you are so personally affronted and injured by the existence of abortion theoretically happening somewhere outside of your view that it's such a direct harm to you that you get financial recompense for it. Like it right. doesn't make any fucking yeah. sense. Because uh, like, what, what is that, the uh, – That's the, 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 what they've done. I guess they don't articulate – why Joe Schmo is is harmed? Just I just didn't want it to happen, and that's enough for me to sue somebody. In ta- like I don't understand. I don't think they even went that far to explain why someone anyone can sue. Like who are you? Like how are you? How do you play a role in this at all? Other than just to kind of intimidate. Like there are all of these no, people. It's just that it's just that because abortion exists, I am personally affronted by it, and I therefore am entitled to ten thousand. And by the way, like all it's, it's, uh, with this abort thing, abortion thing, it seems like all other principles go to shit. Like that, like all of the other stuff about what people think of themselves as uh, uh, supporting, like individual rights and and other things, uh, they're just like, oh fuck it, it's abortion and it's okay if. If this is the end, like, well, just, you know, you can just justify this uh, because it's doing the right thing in my mind. So they don't care about any other thing. Like if you try to apply it to. Right. Because they think that they're protecting the most, the the most vulnerable among us. Right. Like that, that they think they're on an, an absolutely unquestioned righteous crusade to save the most desperately unprotected uh, on the planet, even when they're not on the planet yet. And like, I, like. Obviously, that's why when you see all these pro-life rallies, it's over. Like there, there are more kids at these pro-life rallies because it like appeals to the young kids. Like you watched, uh, we watched, uh, we watched Jesus Camp, Jesus oh, yeah. Camp Again. last a couple weeks ago. It's so good. <laughs> it's a wonderful documentary, and it just. I watch it with with my you know from between with my fingers covering my eyes half the time because it's just impossible to watch. It's just did they ever do a follow up? How where are they now? Those people are they still no? um, You can find out by googling. Everybody's you know everybody's around. Not many of them have left the movement. A lot of them are still the same way that they were when they were six years old, which is they weren't six. I were young. I don't know. They were young. Anyway, it. I think it's nuts that we basically had Texas secede from the constitutional order last week, and like fucking Rich Lowry goes on television and is like, "Oh, you know, it's actually not a big deal. Everybody's freaking out over nothing." It's not a big deal. Like, Why? Because he thinks it's going to be sorted out in the courts, or what? Like, it's not a big deal because to him, abortion is not a constitutional right, and that. Like and also, oh, relax. Roe v. Wade wasn't overturned. It's like, well, you have to take a very bad faith reading of what's actually going on here to 
to come to that conclusion. Right. Anyway, that was the one blog post that I did this week. The other one was <laughs> the ivermectin thing, which somehow, like, I thought that I was catching it at its peak of stupidity, and then it got even dumber yes. somehow after I after I posted about it. So to sum up, the beginning of this is, I mean, I feel like we've talked about this before some, but basically ivermectin is a drug. It has been around for a long time and has been dosed to humans for a long time. It is also dosed to cattle, to cows and horses and other large farm animals as a means of uh, preventing or deworming them once they are already overcome with various parasites. Uh, in humans, it is used for a number of different things, including uh, a number of different parasites, including scabies and also the little cr creatures that cause river Shiggers? blindness. No. By the way, is uh, that literal? Like people go into a river and they're blind? Cause that sounds yeah, because they like get the... Like the bugs eat their eyes or something. Oh, like that. I don't know. not enough ivermectin. That sounds awful. Yeah, it's not pleasant. My first interaction with the ivermectin story, I think, probably started with the. It's called the Dark Horse Podcast. It's by Brett Weinstein and his wife Heather Hying, who are I, I endorse nothing. Uh, they should nobody should listen to it. It's fine if you do. I get a sort of perverse kick out of it now because they're so far up their own asses that it's. Amusing to are me. Are there are there two like two brothers of the other wines? Like I've seen. There's another Eric yeah. Weinstein is another okay. one, and he's probably smarter than Brett in most ways, but also like one of those smart people who you can't actually listen to because like he's just very bad at communicating okay. all the things going on in his brain at right. once, and it's he he goes off on these tangents that like. He's very bad. Like so, Brett is a good communicator of sort of generalist information, mm -hmm. whereas Eric is not good at that at all. But is probably smarter in his own field. But whatever. This is all right. don't care. But they start they started talking about ivermectin on that podcast months ago, and it became a thing in anti-vaccine and. Sort of anybody who's dubious or, or suspicious of the mainstream media's take on the entire coronavirus thing. So the Alex Jones types, uh, the, the Weinstein types, lots of folks in the alternative media or the, the right-wing media ecosystem talking about ivermectin. And it seems that something that is happening is that According to various reports, a non-zero number of people are going to farm supply stores and buying the version of ivermectin that is intended for horses right. as a deworming medication with the idea that they're going to take it themselves through there because they apparently can't get a doctor to prescribe it to Because them. it's not reasonable to prescribe it as a COVID cure or preventative. Maybe it's not reasonable, and I would I generally agree with that. But for what it's worth, Oxford University is currently running like a full-blown scientific study on the efficacy of treating people who come down with COVID with ivermectin. Like it's it's the point is that it's not completely fucking insane to figure out whether or not ivermectin has any impact on like there's no not, not any particular reason to believe it, but there were a couple of studies a couple of years or last year 
that have largely been either retracted or debunked as as not quite doing the thing that they that the people who wrote the study said it was doing. But the point is it got out there into the world, and so now scientists want to figure out if it actually works or not. And there's a large-scale study going on at Oxford to ter- determine that right now. So it's not completely fucking nuts. Uh, what is nuts, of course, is to go to the tractor supply right. store and buy a tube of horse paste and to eat that. And it seems to have been the case that, a not, as I said, a non-zero number. It's impossible to actually track down how many human beings went and ate the horse paste, right. right? Like it's it's just yeah, because some people's horses had worms, right? But suffice to say, it's a non-zero number. Uh, it's probably not like dozens and dozens of people who did it, but but there are enough people out there to write stories about them. So there's that. That's what's out there. And then Joe Rogan announces on Instagram, Joe Rogan, the former Fear Factor host, who's now a podcaster worth a hundred million fucking dollars. Spotify, yeah. Because he's the world not worth is shit. Is what he is. Lori really hates the existence of Joe Rogan for some reason. I don't hate his existence. <laughs> I hate that we're talking about him. Yeah, Joe Rogan announces that he's got coronavirus and that he has started a regimen of drugs, including ivermectin. He lists the six different things that he's doing, including the monoclonal monoclonal antibodies treatment that uh, the president got and that the governor of Texas got a couple of weeks ago. And that my rich white client got? Yeah, sure. That anybody with the money can get because it the seems to be effective. The money and the like command over their doctor. He was getting steroids and he also was taking ivermectin. And then the entire media e- ecosystem ran stories that said that Joe Rogan is taking horse dewormer right. as a way of treating the coronavirus and it is like it's insane that that was what they the way that they chose to to frame this and then it it became this thing online the entirety of every website and news organization that you can list off the top of your head name one and i'll go find the article if you want uh runs a piece that says uh joe rogan has covid and he's eating a horse paste in order to treat it and then it 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 jumped from that into like now we have like anti anti horse paste takes from the the usual contrarian types. Like actual horse paste, like, or like trying to correct it to say that this is the trying to correct it to saying, "Hey, so while you're over here shouting, hey, dummy, don't eat horse paste." Uh, Connor Friedersdorf or whatever from the Atlantic pops up and says, well, they're not actually taking horse paste. Uh, you know, there's ivermectin comes in many right. forms. And and then everybody dumps on Connor and he's like, oh, dummy, why are you eating horse paste? And it's like this stupid right. thing where it's like they're just sniping back and forth. Like Rolling, and Ro- like Rolling Stone runs, runs an article where right in the – well, my favorite was actually the NPR one NP, because NPR, like NPR, yeah. right? Like not a polemical outfit, generally speaking, usually committed to some version, something approximating the right. truth. They they tweet out the podcast host Joe Rogan, who has dismissed COVID vaccines, which is an unfair characterization of what he said about them, who has dismissed COVID vaccines, said he tested positive and is taking a cocktail of unproven treatments, including ivermectin, a deworming drug for cows that the FDA warns people should not ingest. Like, and and so NPR, New York Times, Washington Post, Slate, Hollywood Reporter, NBC, USA Today, CBS News, like just the whole thing. 
the the Rolling Stone one was particularly like the headline, crazy times. Joe Rogan got COVID and ate a cocktail of meds, including a horse dewormer. Like, first of all, it's not true. Right. Joe Rogan did not take a horse medication. He went to his fucking doctor and got the doctor to prescribe him ivermectin, and he took a pill that is made for human beings at a dosage that is made for human right. beings, right? So it's just a lie. It's just a, long, a whole bunch of different media outlets telling but, something that's not true. But this true. is like a deliberate mischaracterization, right? Because in the within it, the it has to be within yes. the cuz I, I I listened to the Instagram post where he uh, came out to say that he had the virus because I I think he and Dave Chappelle were doing a comedy uh, like stand-up show in Nashville, and so the first thing that came out was that it was canceled or postponed. And then the next day, he goes on Instagram to like a very short uh, message about how he contracted the virus. And within the framing of throwing everything but the kitchen sink, he listed all the things that he got, and it's through the supervision of his uh, doctor, right? So like all of that seems to be okay. Well, and like I said last in, in last week's episode. That happens. I mean, my primary care physician prescribed that ivermectin thing, the, the human kind, uh, and the person responded to it. And my, the argument I was making last week, if it's within that context, it's fine. I don't know why it's being debated in, in social media because what's the point? Like if, it's, if you're the patient. Right. But then it, so it's one thing for it. So it's absurd, obviously, for people to go on Facebook and talk about uh, – I couldn't get my doctor to give me a prescription, so I went down to the tractor. Like, that's all obviously bad. And yes, I agree with you. People shouldn't be talking about it on social media. But then it makes the jump from simply people talking about it on social media to there being literally hundreds of news stories about how Joe Rogan, right. who's worth $100 million, is eating horse paste in order to treat coronavirus, which aside from being false, has the exact opposite exactly. effect of what you – ostensibly want to have happen which it's is that what do we know at the outset before we what you've complained about this sort of thing before where like the thing on its face is bad enough but the the media makes it worse and also less true right they when lie they about it and, and make it thing. worse and produce an outcome that is ostensibly the opposite of the outcome that you would think that they would hope that they would right. have, right? Which is for fewer people to take horse paste as a means of treating the coronavirus. And instead, what's going to happen, what in fact has already happened, is that Joe Rogan is going to get better, right? What did we know right. with near guaranteed right. certainty when Joe Rogan announced that he had COVID and was taking ivermectin along with a whole series of other drugs not available to normal human beings who don't have $100 million right. in the bank? That he, a healthy 55-year-old dude with all of the money, right. was going to be fucked fucking fine right. right and and he was going to get right. better and the communication from the media people was he the idiot is taking horse paste and what everybody's gonna see a few days later is and he got right. better right which is only gonna make more people like maybe not a bunch more people but it's certainly not going uh, to convince people that what the media had to say was right. right. I, I wonder if they're going to have a, well, actually, correction email afterwards. Because like you said, I don't understand why the 
the editors and the writers of these stories don't appreciate the fact that what's going to happen is you're going to mischaracterize what he took. He's going to get better. And in fact, uh, Joe Rogan has already tested out. He's tested negative a couple of times. I think he's already doing his podcast today. Uh, so like he's back, he's fine. And so the framing is, okay, so this person got the virus. Most media outlets went with the mischaracterization and now he's better so what are some people are going to believe that the horse paste and that the horse drug cured him he's contributed to it didn't hurt like he's you know right and it's going to be the media's right. fault right. right it's not joe rogan's fault because joe rogan didn't say he didn't post a picture of himself going down to tractor right. supply and picking up a tub of horse right. paste and squirting it into his stupid fat head right no, that was the, the image that was put into your brain by the media, by reading NBCnews.com, right? Like, it's but nuts what, that, that's, that that level of just absolute lies is just going to produce negative but outcomes. what was the motivation? Is it just simply just a dunk on? The motivation is that look at these dummies, right? It's simply this tribal nonsense that demand it, it it's the brain killer right. like it's, it's just it just sucks all reason and accountability out of somebody and allows you to run a story that is just obviously false there and and when i said that it only got dumber it really did because i read like the day after i posted that up at the blog maybe even the same day i don't know but there was something that started making the rounds that said, a rural Oklahoma doctor said patients who are taking the horse dewormer medication, ivermectin, to fight COVID-19 are causing emergency room and ambulance backups. So that was the first line in this story that was posted to KFOR.com, which is a local news station in Oklahoma. And the headline is, patients overdosing on ivermectin backing up rural Oklahoma hospitals and ambulances. This was then shared all across social media by everybody who we talked about five minutes right. ago, right? Like, yeah. like all of the different, uh, like Rolling Stone wrote an article about it. Like, like every content aggregator on the internet ran with this story. And if you read the story, it is obviously nonsense. Right. They talk to one guy who doesn't even actually say any of the things that are asserted in the body of the article, right? So you, what, like none of the quotes from the doctor who they talked to actually translate to the headline or the framing of the story. Like it's just obviously and, bu- right. bullshit. And he doesn't point to any particular hospitals. And then and what what's what's even more frustrating than that is that then a hospital some random rural hospital in Oklahoma posts something on their website that says uh this isn't true. That's not happening here. And that is then treated by people on the other side of this as debunking the original right. article, like as though it it just completely puts a lie to the article when in fact it does no such thing. Like that's how dumb both sides of this are being about this, that they, they, they cannot even manage to do – they can't read five sentences and maintain the level of reading comprehension necessary to understand what's actually being the, said. The Rolling Stones story um – now has like a lengthy update, you know, correcting the record. And, and you know, the whole story d- didn't make sense, like you, you mentioned, uh, because I think they were saying that it was co- ivermectin overdoses uh, was causing 
delays in ER rooms in rural Oklahoma who were trying to treat people with gunshot wounds, which is not a typical thing that happens in bumfuck Oklahoma, right, first of all. And I guess the Rolling Stones decided to look into it after the fact, but they said that the National Poison Data System, there were 459 reported cases of ivermectin overdose in the whole country in August, right? So, like, sprinkle that around the whole country. How much of that is... So there's a 1,000 people dying of COVID every single day. There are... 150,000 new cases of COVID yeah. being found every single day, but it's 400-something calls to the National Poison Control Center hotline about ivermectin overdose. Not And, and there's no... There's no data. That's not right. data. That's just uh, the number of calls right. that came in about... Like, there are people who call the fucking FCC to complain about boobs during the Super Bowl halftime show, right? right? Like... Like, that doesn't mean right. anything. It means that some, like, who knows if there's actually a poison thing happening right. there. But the, uh, yeah, like I said, originally, it's a non-zero right. number. I don't doubt for a second that it is a more than zero number. But to suggest that, but but then to just swallow it. you did, they, Rachel Maddow tweets it out to her 5 million followers or whatever. And it just reinforces the stupid tribal thing back and forth. But that, and, that, and that's true. It seems to me that's like the, the motivating uh, what's motivating, like, whether or not to publish these stories, instead of like, huh, that doesn't really track with logic, and let's look into it some more. It's just like, let's go ahead and post it. But again, what is the point? You're just, like, trying to say, look at these dummies. Is that all it comes to? Look at the these dummies that are dying over something ridiculous? Like, what's the the thrust? I'm still confused as to what. And, and just take it one step further. And what is the result going to be? Like, it's one, like, like, they think that they're doing something good. It's the same thing that but we've been they, saying that's for a, a year that's and a why half. I'm not sure. Like, what good is this? This seems to be like, look at these rubes, right? It's not like like a cautionary, please don't do this. Just like, look at these dum-dums. That, you know, like lost. Well, but that's how the FDA framed right. it. When the FDA tweets out, please don't take horse paste, it's not good right. for you. Like, they think that they're actually doing good Right, there. they are. But all of these uh, outlets that, uh, you know— Breaking. First of all, I don't know why Joe Rogan was breaking news to go back to him for a second. Uh, but just like the presentation is, this is what's happening. When in fact, that's not really what is happening. Like I just don't understand what they hope to accomplish because, the, like you said, the opposite will be true. People will say the media is lying. This person took this paste thing, imaging, and uh, and they turned out to be fine. So now I'm gonna do the same. Because the way people make these decisions, it's not about, like, I'm going to do the research, right? It's just, like, if someone in your peer group that you trust, even if it's, like, a celebrity or someone but in your tribe, quote-unquote, they're willing to just kind of go with it instead of, like, looking into it. Like, I mean, how many people who have been talking about they need all the research data to come out of the vaccine? But they're not willing to go with it when it's go get right, vaccinated. Right, because the people who are, who are pushing that message, they don't, for whatever reason, they just don't trust them, right? But they do. But, but they'll... Pre- they, they'll some of them surely do. Some of them do, but the, they just decided they're not right, doing but it. The, they're deciding not to do it, and the, the, you know, as an excuse, I'll say they need to do more research and more evidence needs to come out, and it'll take some time. But no one's waiting for was it Harvard? Who's doing the study on the actual ivermectin, the human one? Oxford. Right, yeah. So nobody's waiting for that. They're like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'll take it because right. somebody that I know took it. Like, so it was, it was never about data. It's just like I don't trust. Fauci, but I trust Joe Rogan or whatever. Like, I don't know why you would make that calculation, but some people do. And here we are. It just seems to be a lot of just 
stupid. Does everybody should just like just report what's actually true? And just tell the truth. And you'll be fine. Why is that so it, fucking it's a hard? Hand. Like you know, <laughs> I feel like a crazy yeah. person. That that's like, how is that the animating principle of this fucking podcast? Right. <laughs> like how, like how can that be all that I have to right. say? Like, I, I, pe- and it's because nobody fucking does it. I think you just tell the truth. People apparently can't resist the urge to like. To kind of stick it to somebody they perceive to be on the other side. Instead of just reporting the truth that's like just, you know, benign, like you're like, oh, they're doing horse thingy, or it has to be presented in such a way where you're kind of taking a dig instead of just saying this is what's true. And th- I mean, it's how many years ago was truthiness right. a thing? Yeah, like 05. Yeah, that's like a. <laughs> like literally. <laughs> that's true. Truthiness. But it has seeped into everything. I mean, literally all. Of, I mean, the straight side of news, you know, not the opinion side, just the straight side of news, most of those headlines are from that side. Just like they're supposed to report it as is instead of just like spinning it to however you want. So, like, everybody's doing it and it seems to be counterproductive. Because, like I said, whatever that non zero number is, is going to be higher now. Now than it was before it's an unfalsifiable claim i know but like i suspect that it, it it didn't really help that cause the way that it was framed last week yeah hey good job 2006 oh look at that off by year when it, that's when it became a, an official <laughs> word the quality of seeming or being felt to be true even if not necessarily true that was like the very first episode colbert of colbert did, right yeah. that was like literally i, yeah. I know that's it's just good that's you know Threw a number out. Good job. Hip, hip. Abe, you posted a link to a story that says China bans effeminate men from television. Yeah. Care to explain well, okay. yourself? Uh, I, I came across a story, which I, I don't know what China is doing now, but apparently they aren't satisfied with – maybe it's a K-pop uh, influence from Korea and mm. what, but they seem to want to circle back to some sort of masculine – uh, framing and so they are now saying like the uh, let me see if I can pull it up but I think they're they they don't want effeminate men on TV to kind of get I guess role models that they want their the, the youths to be emulating and they don't want somebody that's like too pretty of, of a guy to be presenting the news and doing other things uh, so I don't know where this is going to lead but it just seems like a very odd strategy because already I think the Chinese government. Didn't they like limit the number of online game hours or whatever, like three hours or something like that? They don't want them to be playing games either. But it's so they, the yeah they they issued a national diktat that says that children aren't allowed to play video games Monday through Thursday. Right, yeah. <laughs> sounds like our house. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say that Red China sounds a lot like our house during the week where the kids aren't allowed to play Except video games. Except the house but. comprises 1.4 billion people, which is. That's Remarkable right. how these things are. I mean, I don't know. I don't pay attention much to what's going on in China, but like, I'm surprised there's not a lot of pushback. Like, what the hell? Like, all these, or do people just say whatever you say and they just go on living no, their life? When it's when you live in a big government place, the government says do this, don't do this. You just do it. It sounds nice. Right. It just seems like oh, Lori's out of her fucking mind. <laughs> That's what I just found out. Just people should just tell me what to do. <laughs> sure, this is like this is what you're going to do. I if it weren't for China, if I wasn't living in this in this life here and seeing it actually unfold. I would not believe you if you told me that there's a government strong enough to control what people that covers a 1.4 billion what to do. And here they are, just like the dumbest thing. They're just like, oh, I mean, some of them are not dumb, I guess. Maybe limiting online games is not so good. So how, mu- how, how much of that is 
we're going to tell you what to do about this very, very stupid thing as a demonstration of our power. And it like like the dumb the dumber the order is, the sort of more effective it is at communicating the power right. of the yeah. government more than more than it is actually doing anything. Right. So basically else, if, right? we, if we're gonna marshal our resources for something this low Imagine what we'll do in other settings, in other circumstances. I mean, they, that, that was kind of their strategy with the NBA players. That, uh, you know, like, we're just going to ban Houston Rockets game because your GM showed support for Hong Kong or whatever. And then everybody else had to, like, oh, we're sorry about what our idiot GM said. And they had to kind of – they were kind of, like, a, a, on thin ice with China – and they lost some money, and a lot of you know people, the, the typical types, went after the players. Like, oh, you're all bought, you know, rights in America, but not so much over there. Blah blah blah. But that's another example of like something that's not that significant, but just they they want to throw their weight around to say that we could do this on something trivial. So don't mess with us on the more important stuff. Right. But uh, they, maybe, I, uh, maybe they should give the the uh, uh, effeminate appearing man an opportunity to gruff it up you know like give me a few weeks i'll have a five o'clock shadow and you know something give me an opportunity i've been at this tv station for years people like me i have a rapport but they probably won't do that they'll just kick about <laughs> everything that i want to say now is something i would have said 10 years ago but i will ultimately end up i would just end up cutting it out of this episode anyway that's so, good I'll that's just, progress i don't know if it, i don't know if that's progress but. it's something all right, that's going to close up the WGAS news bag. I want to talk before, usually we save the stuff that, was that the we... the whole episode. What? That was the whole episode. <laughs> yeah, you just said, about. You're done. Not quite. I wanted to talk about the White Lotus here. Usually we save the what have we been watching segment for the end of the show, which we'll get to that because we'll find some other stuff to talk about. Have y'all watched all but, of it? Uh, yeah, we watched the White Lotus. Yeah, we finished it last night. only six episodes. Only six hours of TV. Uh, what did you think of the White Lotus? So Abe? I was watching it weekly, and um, there are some forums online, and like I think after like a couple of episodes, I, I circled back to them just to kind of see what the online people were saying. And there was the 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 rich guy who brought his. By the way, spoilers for anyone who, who's listening in. Right, right. We're going to talk about this as though you've seen right. it. So if you want to watch it, then stop right. listening. Right. So basically, the, uh, the, the, the guy that's married to Daddario, they're like on their honeymoon. Like a lot of people will see – that guy seems to like rub people the wrong way, at least from my uh, – from what I'm, what I'm reading. And I'm like, look, if you get past the he's just a rich guy thing, like he's not wrong in a lot of the things. Like the, the more amusing <laughs> hotel manager guy was like in the wrong most of the time, how he would send him to like – uh, a funeral by the sea kind of thing, tricking him to thinking it's like a romantic outing, like just out of spite, stealing right. the drugs from those two girls, like uh, 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 coercing or just kind of like you know uh, the sex thing where like oh ply him with, with a not not great a, problematic yeah. situation with the power right. dynamic like, there. Let's, I'm gonna ply you with enough drugs to where you're like okay sure why not eat my bum right no so that character's name was Armand and he was obviously. Uh, both the most charming character probably on the show, but also the most obviously deranged and wrong <laughs> over and over spiraling. again. Because sp- <laughs> it looked like he was like uh, on the wagon, at least at the top, and then when the the woman who was pregnant, and you never heard from her again. Yeah. <laughs> after that, he was kind of thrown off course. Well, she had a baby. Yeah. She was busy. <laughs> 
But anyway, uh, just to sum it, I, 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 it was an amusing kind of show because everybody had certain flaws about each character. Uh, but some were, like I said, worse than others. And, and I think that the hotel guy was like the worst of the bunch. And then it just kind of went the other, you know, it went down. Right. So it's sort of a, it's a, it's an upstairs downstairs dynamic, right? right? It's like a Downton Abbey yeah. thing where you have the rich people here and you have the, the low class people here, the help. And so that's always good for a laugh, right? right? Like, <laughs> like it, high class people behaving poorly is... It makes for amusing entertainment, usually, right? Like it's does just, it the uh, the in my life the, it doesn't. The married couple, it didn't make sense to me how little she knew about. I mean, I think they try to kind of explain it away. I explained this whole thing to Bob. Yeah, so uh, I I literally you guys don't get it at like, all. I, no, I, I don't get it. If if you're going, if I just do not believe that you could be marrying that douchebag. And not know that he was a douchebag. Like, I just and, like, don't I mean, believe it for a second. mothers, but she was like, I mean, the gall to show up at somebody's. I mean, I know she paid for it, but like, come on, you can't do that. You can't just be showing up to someone's right. honeymoon. She thought that once the wedding was over, that would be the end of that. Okay. She found but that's out. That's not the case. No, it will and not then, be the end of that. It will be the beginning of that. Right. But then she then circles back to him at the end when the. Uh, Accidental stabbing. What, the, what else is she like, supposed to do? Guy, you know, stabby, stabby, it's, don't marry that. No, she's decided that, eh, whatever, it, life's not but great. No one so. was there for her. Because like, when she calls her mom, like, you know, bad signal, she just wasn't available. Yeah. She was trying to, like, unload on that poor masseuse uh, woman who got... Right. <laughs> well, like, I don't and, hear you it. know, what the mother-in-law said as whatever when she said oh don't get a job you don't want right. to get a job you can't you like there is truth no, to there that is. there are people that have so much money it's selfish of them to think that they should work right. it's like no you volunteer right. you cause, organize yeah. you do not right. work because how dare you but okay so none of this so she so you're so maybe i i don't get it because she saw all of these red flags and she was like, oh, it'll clear up once we're married? Like, Well, so she sort of saw red flags, but I mean, I'm making it up. I didn't write this show, but I imagine that this was the first time that the two of those characters were right. alone together for anything more than like a right. day. Like they'd always been around other people or doing other things. In their little right. life, like she said, after I said it, she just got caught up in everything. Like, And then you have this nice guy who, like, worships right. her. He thinks she's great. She <laughs> Why he thinks she's great doesn't matter to her yet. Right. It's just this guy who's nice to her and thinks she's lovely and wants to give her this great life. So when that guy says, "Hey, let's get married," you're like, "Yeah, okay, that'll be right. fun." The, the the and then you're like, "Oh shit, right. this will not but, be fun." And then she's like, "I guess that's what's in store for me," because she's basically just kind of, "All right, I guess this is going to be my life." She's the, chosen the it. The other one, the, the 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 friend of the daughter, who like mm. contrived this nonsense burglary attempt. Uh, it sucks. Ruining the guy's right. life. So that's where the so the show has the upstairs downstairs dynamic, but it takes it to its logical twenty first century woke <laughs> end, which is to say, we're not just talking about the rich people and the help. 
we're talking about uh, the imperialists and the colonizers, right? right? And that, that somehow each and every individual human being is responsible and of either a, a either an oppressor or a victim, and that you're either either you're the imperialist asshole or you're the uh, person who has been colonized, and that that is the way that you should interact with one right. another, right? Like that is sort of the <laughs> that seems to be sort of the the politics of this show, in fact, and like that's where that's where it lost me, which is like this was a fun like I laughed out loud. At a, like it's Mike yeah. White. He's a very good writer. It was on funny. Survivor too. It was right. Sure. Obviously, you're biased <laughs> to him because of the, I the didn't Survivor even connection. Make the connection. So how dare you? So it was you know, and I thought that what's her name, Jessica Chastain, the uh, not Jessica no. Chastain uh, no. from Friday Night Lights. The rich lady, the rich old rich crazy lady, like the mother. Um, oh, Jennifer Coolidge. Oh, Jennifer <laughs> Coolidge. I had the I had the initials from JC. Um, yeah, Stifler's mom was a wonderful was, yeah. character, just in ter- in terms of how she was written, the way that <laughs> Although, she the, silly. She was that, great. That, that BLM mix-up was uh, <laughs> very amusing, but hard to believe. That uh, this right. guy is running. <laughs> as soon as he said BLM, I was like, first of all, Bureau of Land Management don't. I think they stopped. Using the initials now, just to avoid any confusion. Right. It's a, it's a, that was a silly <laughs> joke. But, uh, that was so. So that was what my question at the end of the show is when when it all it's all over and done with, and it's like, what the fuck was this show trying to say? And I'm not saying that every show needs to be trying to say something, but it's pretty clear that this show thought that it was trying but, to but say what, something. What, but right? like it, it seems like a lot of the the efforts at this woke stuff kind of was undercut by real life, like. Like, hey, let's justify stealing from others because they fall under this group and fuck them. And then when the shit hit the fan, she deliberately did not give him a heads up to to warn him that, hey, the window of opportunity to steal is going to close pretty fast because the mother is heading back. Right. So like she didn't because she knew that that, there'll be a timestamp and then she'd be implicated. Right. So like she tells this guy to like, hey, go steal. Because the the bad people stole your land and they're connected to the you know blah blah blah, but she didn't actually go through with it and she's was kind of full of shit. Right. So was was her speech her speech there where she's like, uh, "You're not stealing from them; they stole from you. You're just taking back some of what's yours." And he's like, "Well, but this guy right. didn't steal from me. What are you right. talking about?" And then he ends up going through with it anyway. But like, I assume that you were similarly unmoved by her. No, I righteous yeah. defense of of stealing personal property as I was, but like that's an actual line of of thought in in a certain political leaning, which is that you can't actually steal from rich white people because rich white people did all of the stealing in the right. first place. But that's a very silly kind of way to think about it because first of all, and she was on, on my uh, terrible people in real life uh, thing. She came in second from. Uh, the hotel guy, the hotel guy, and then her, who just facilitated the ruin of this kid, this idiot who's, I guess, impressionable. I don't know. I mean, she didn't mean that was to. a terrible plan. I mean, it was a remark. I mean, the the daughter herself yeah, stuffed it out plan. immediately. Oh, it's probably cameras. It's like this important thing. Let me uh, get your password to open this. It's like really, like all of the. Is this right. a very stupid plan? Uh, and it fell apart. So I don't. I'm not sure this was like a. It just to me the way that I took it after I watched all of them. It's just like these are like different levels of imperfect people, and and, and 
there's a lot of overlapping things like with, oh, the rich people here, the help there. But she, I mean, I guess she's not as rich as the family that she went on vacation with. But she's not like some poor person. Her and the girl, the fiancé, the newlywed, they're like the the us. Right. Like, we're not rich people, but we're not, I mean, Abe is, Abe's black, (laughs) but, you know, it's different sometimes. But like the those two characters are neither thing, but they are rich people at the end of the day. Right. Like there, there's an obvious place you can put them, which I think is if there's a thing the show is saying, it's par- partially that. Like there are levels to rich and people who are slightly less. No, but like you're either the help or you're not right. the help. The Those people, the, the, no matter right, because, how out of place right. they were, they're not because the, the help. Like, trophy wife for the Dario and the uh, person of color, basically just like a, like, hey, look, mm-hmm. you know, here's my friend who's a person of color. So they're serving some role beyond just the, you know being actual friends. But she kind of knew this. Go- the reason why I kind of faulted the friend of the family is that she knew all this going in and she's still taking the vacation uh, and – then she sets up a like I just thought that I, maybe they're college age kids and you can I guess cut them some slack, but I don't think they painted them in a very positive light. So that's why I wasn't sure that that was the message that the writer was going for. It seems like these right. So, but at the end, I think that my conclusion is that he is deeply sympathetic to everything that Paula, who's the young person of color who tries to set the world to rights by having her fuck buddy steal from the rich white family. He's deeply sympathetic to all of the imperialist colonialist bullshit that she's spewing that, that all of that nonsense. But at the end of the day, he also believes that the power of the imperialists is too great and that nothing fundamentally ever actually changes. Right. So it's a deeply like black pilled cynical take a nihilistic take on the way that things are right all the way around, like all the way from the, 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 the fiance, the the newlywed wife ending up back with the douchebag. The fact that when when the, the, what's supposed to be the most devastating line, I think of the series is when Paula is talking with, the daughter. So the daughter of the rich white family knows, like figures yeah. out because it was a fucking right. stupid plan <laughs> that, that Paula was the one who set this whole thing up and the mother ends up almost getting injured. And the dad comes in and ends up getting his face beat up a couple of times. Yeah. But then he gets right. laid. He re- and she says, the relationship, you know, maybe there was a, right. She said the, the daughter says to the friend, something terrible, something really bad could have happened. Uh, dot, dot, dot to my mother is what she's saying right. there. And Paula turns around and looks at her and says, something bad did happen, which is that Kai went, the the, the guy ends up going to prison and probably will be uh, in jail for a long time. And that's, that line, I think, is, is supposed to be sort of the heart of the show, which is that a bad thing happened to Kai. But it is deliberate, it's delivered in such a way and written in such a way that it obfuscates where the blame right. is for the bad thing that happened, as if the fact of the existence of the $75,000 bracelets are the reason that, that the right. bad thing right. happened, rather than Paula 
hatching this stupid burglary and scheme the following is actually through with the it. reason yeah. the bad yeah, thing Yeah, basically, happened. she right. came up with a bad plan. The guy still – and he had reservations, but he still went through with it. I mean – I, like, aren't there cameras at home? I, I just don't understand how this plan was going to yeah, work. There probably are. Whatever. Right. That's probably the least believable thing in terms of the show is him thinking that he was going to, in any way, possibly get right. away with this. Right. It, it was obvious from the get that this was a doomed right. thing. And I also thought, like, the ending with the. We didn't talk at all about the young boy, the 16 year old. But the idea that he's running off on his family to go, like, set up camp in right. Hawaii and live with the locals and row across the ocean now, like, that's just that's just weird, silly, wish fulfillment stuff. Especially uh, because Hawaiian natives hate white people. <laughs> Paint with a rather broad brush there, Lauren. I, just, I mean, everything I've heard from everyone I've talked to who spent a lot of time there has, can, like, it's like, how's Hawaii? And they're like, oh, the natives hate white people. Like, that's... It's just I want to think, it, 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 think we'll open and close the show with broad racial uh, generalizations <laughs> yeah. from Loring. You've yeah. been listening to Cast Iron Brains, a podcast with Bob and Abe. Find the show on Facebook or Twitter and just head over to brainiron.com. Been blogging over there. Yeah, too, too blonde. Also go to uh, opening and closing themes of the show were composed by Mark Gillig, tetramermusic.com for that. Quick update to my... Am I blocked on Facebook status? Brainiron.com is still uh, blocked on Facebook, and I discovered over the weekend that castironbrains.com has also been marked as spam by Facebook. So, once again, uh, you can't share any of our shit on Facebook, even if you wanted to. Although you can share uh, links to the podcast. Like, if you go to your podcast player and want to share it that way, I suppose you could do that. Speaking of sharing, a couple weeks ago we talked about how would our listeners describe the show. Oh, yeah. And uh, I still have a few of those on deck, so I'll read another one today. Listener Corey wrote in to say that Cast Iron Brains is three friends talking about politics, culture, and life experiences in a moderately intellectual way. Which I, I think like we, moderately. we, That's uh, good. we put a lie to that <laughs> uh, intellectualism this week, probably, but... Thanks for letting us know, Corey. If you'd like to write in and tell us about that, send us an email to brainironpodcast at gmail.com and uh, explain how you would describe the show to friends. Aside from uh, the Georgia football game and White Lotus, what have you been watching lately? Uh, on Friday, I went to go see the new Marvel movie, the uh, Shang-Chi Shang and the Chi? Legend of the Ten Rings, which apparently did... Uh, how Great numbers in the box office over the weekend, like ninety million or whatever. The movie was actually not like too it? shabby. Uh, it was not pretty good. Uh, you know, it had a story, like which is what I like. Just tell me a story, and I can overlook the other stuff. There was one at. By the way, you saying I went to the movies and also expressing surprise at the fact that it did like ninety million dollars is a lot like the guy who's out in traffic. Saying, what are all these assholes doing out here in traffic? Maybe, and and the place was packed. I mean, the the, the theater was full. So, but the, you know, yeah. this like right after work Friday opening weekend, you know, you can't really draw too much out of that because it could just be just that day. Anyways, this this would paint me in many circles on the internet as being anti AAPI, anti Asian sentiment about to be expressed here. 
but I have absolutely less than no interest <laughs> in ever seeing this movie. That's just because it's a movie. Marvel movie. Right. Like we've gotten to the po- I've gotten to the point with these Marvel movies that I like until they say we've blown the whole thing up and we're starting over and it's going to be different now. Like I just do not right. care. I, it, it, like it, I just I I don't know that I'll ever see another one of them at this point. I just don't. If you've grown care. tired of the Marvel movies, this is more in line with that. So like you probably could, could skip it, but I it was amusing <laughs> enough to me. One uh one thing that I just thought was interesting is that the uh there's um she's like a comedian Aquafina. She's in the movie. Uh her stage yeah. name is Aquafina. Uh and in the movie she plays the best friend of the Shang-Chi guy, right? And it reminded me of, like, remember when Cartman, like, took love songs and then he repurposed it for, like, religious songs? Jesus. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Faith right. Plus it one. seems to yeah. me like the that character for Aquafina was written to be a love interest of Shang-Chi. And at some mm-hmm. point, they just said, no, we'll just be platonic friends, good friends. Because every action she took was like, oh, she's going into harm's way to help this guy. And they kind of look at each other a funny way, but nothing ever happens and they remain friends. And I was like, was this a change at the last minute? Cause yeah, they, they probably shot what? it and cut it differently. Oh, I know exactly. I, I've, I've got to just without having seen the movie, having no <laughs> understanding of anything that's happened <laughs> until the last 30 seconds of your describing of it. I am going to now authoritatively explain to you exactly what Go happened, on. <laughs> which is that they wrote a movie and China didn't want there to be a big sex thing between the lead actor and the lead actress in the movie. They didn't want any confusing love nonsense getting in the way of it making a billion and a half fucking dollars over in China. And China came in and said, this is going to be a platonic thing. Or alternatively, if China didn't want there to be a weird sexual thing going on there, the thing that happened instead was on the American side of the pond, which is that we have consistently as a culture desexualized the asian male oh. <laughs> and that the american movie going audience in fact not ready for an is asian not male ready lead. for a horned up asian superhero <laughs> who's having sex with uh, the love interest and that's why we got it's probably both a things desexified asian if, if superhero anything, uh, the, uh, and i'm 100 percent positive that it is in fact both things and i will yeah me uh, too Go on Twitter and scream about it and get a hundred <laughs> if, if if the first if the first theory is true, then it didn't really work out the way they intended it because the movie's not being released in China as yet because they have some other quibble some random nonsense because I think the kid like yeah. like the father was being an asshole like in China and then he they left for America and maybe they don't like that aspect of the story but whatever the case may be. It didn't help the Chinese uh, box office uh, because they're not letting it play yet. Um, but anyways, I thought this was interesting. Mm. Like, why aren't they? I'm not going to let the facts <laughs> get in the way yeah. of my but take be, there, Abe. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That- we, I think we talked about like like big movies. There's we not did. a lot of sex anymore, right? They're just kind of like, no. oh, n- never mind that. And so maybe. No, no so but we watched- you're saying there wasn't even like Yeah, there was romance. no romance. Yeah, we're like, not going to talk about Yeah, there was nothing. It is probably both right. things. The closest thing. What was the thing that we were watching in the Mortal last Kombat. week? Mortal Kombat. No, we were watching something in the last week that was like unspeakably horny compared to what would be oh, released Oh, it today. was something with the kids. The Mummy? Is it from yes. years ago? No. 
I mean, the mummy no. was also hornier than I remembered it oh, to be. Oh God, what was it? But it, it was wasn't... something else. Hold on. Okay, it wasn't Rookie of the Year. So it's like in that vein, though, like some PG thirteen or G rated. What was it? It was just so different. I can't remember. The Mummy was hornier than I remembered it to be. Watch The Mummy, Frasier? the Brendan okay. Fraser that, Mummy. With, okay. Was that Rachel White? No, it probably was The Mummy. Because he just, like, kisses her through the cage. And we're supposed it to act like that. it's we okay. Watching, we, no, this is a dumb conversation <laughs> now because we can't remember. But it was, it was something else that we were watching that was, like, way hornier than anything that would be made now. Uh, and I was making a uh, a speed run of sorts through the Rocky movies over the weekend, and uh, nice. Like my boy Sylvester Stallone as uh, Rocky Balboa, like literally corners <laughs> the soon-to-be wife into like we're going to have some sort of sexual relations thing, and she was kind of like, I think they were in the seventies. Maybe it was like this is like how to play awkward, but you're like into it, but it just re- reads a little weird now. There was a, a, a rapey like, vibe with yeah, him and Adrian. kind of cornering her, like cutting off all the angles for escape. Were they escape. married at that was point? That? No, this was like the very first of the movie, so they weren't. Oh, no, just, okay. The courtship yeah, like, process what? involves uh, yeah. threats of rape. That's just Very how it assertive is for this Rocky guy. But it is. Yeah, it was a different time. I love The Mummy, by the way. The, the, the Mummy from 1999 is a wonderful Which movie. Which one is the one that The Rock was in? Was it like the second one? He was in the Scorpion the King. One. He was in the third. <laughs> the, third the CGI one. in that movie did not live up, uh, did not stand the test of time. Although they probably weren't good even no, at the moment. certainly not. Reading-wise, I've, I've read 1984, and I'm about halfway through No Country for Old Men in the also, last Also, we've been watching What We Do in the Shadows, season three, which yep. is better than all those things. No Country for Old Men is, like, one of my favorite movies ever. I don't know where it would rank technically, but it's one of my absolute favorite movies. The book is spectacular, and it's shocking how good the translation is from novel to film. Like, it's just an absolutely masterful adaptation of the novel. And the, any any lines of dialogue that you remember from the movie came directly out oh, of nice. the novel. And sometimes that's the case, and it doesn't work. And sometimes, for for some reason, the Coens were be, were able to make it make it work. And uh, and it's just as punishing and <laughs> terrible to to read as it was to to watch it happen on the screen. Uh, highly recommend both of those things. Obviously, 1984 is a bit of a classic. Anyway, I think that's all we got for tonight. You got anything else for us tonight, Abe? Nope. I guess that's all we've got for tonight, then. And we will talk to you next time. Later. Chinese food last night and opened up one of the fortune cookies today. Katie was opening up her fortune cookie and there's no fortune inside. Like just a blank piece of paper or no paper at all? No, no just nothing. Just nothing. Empty fortune. Wow. Is that good or bad? Like as sad as she's been about anything. <laughs> she was devastated. And uh... I Googled. Thankfully, the answer. So let's see. If I Google no fortune or T-U-N-E in... Fortune. God. If you Google no fortune in fortune cookie, 
it says, if there is no fortune in a fortune cookie, it is a sign that something good will happen to you soon. Oh, okay. So the good news was that it said that. I was like, I'm going to Google right now. It's a good thing. <laughs> I'm going to prove to you how good this is. And I was right. Wow. And then I bought her some M&Ms at the grocery store. So that was the... The good thing that happened, obviously. <laughs> I thought it was going to be one of those, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say it at all, or whatever kind of things on Google. No, it's that the fortune cookie fairy owes you. Have you guys yes. ever gotten anything that was remotely negative as far as a fortune cookie? I feel like I used to. They and then, used to more. And they're much more, they're all just happy, positive bullshit. It now. used to be like a lot of, you should do better at stuff. Okay. It's not like the end is near. You're bad you know. at, yeah. It used to be they used to be a little more critical yeah. of you and how you live your life. A little more live up to your potential there, slacker. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, now it seems like it's all just. I, I haven't. I, I usually just throw them away now because they're all the same. <laughs> Used to, used to put a lot of stock into these fortunes back in the 90s. <laughs> we do have a fortune uh, Abe, Abe offering to... yet more proof that the world is going to shit. Classic Abe. Happy New Year to all the Jews, uh, except for Ben Shapiro. Fuck that guy. 